Hello and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. We have a packed show for you today. We've got our review of Disney Plus, the hottest new streaming platform on the block. We've got What's Poppin'. We're going to get you all caught up on the movie news there. We're playing a game, Wigs vs. Doolin, to segue into our review on hit movie Ford versus Ferrari that came out this last weekend. And we're going to be doing our top five means of transportation. Let's do it. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast with your co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. I am your co-host, Cam. Like I said, we have a packed show for you. Happy one-week anniversary of Disney+. Plus. What a fantastic anniversary. I'm going to do this for the rest of forever. Happy 10-day anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) As if we haven't hyped it enough on this podcast already. Uh, Kirk and I have been watching it, as you probably have seen. We've been... We've been all over it this last week. It's keeping us busy, for sure, in all the best ways. Um, and we're going to give you our review of that. So we're actually going to do a little bit of a, what do you call it, like an app review, software platform review? Yes. Yeah, so we'll we'll get a little technical on you. We'll talk about user interfaces. I got some things to say. And uh, left-hand rail navigation. Mm, I didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I actually don't know that we'll talk about that, but it sounded cool at the time. So we'll You're so smart. We'll talk about Disney Plus. Lots to dig into there. They've had an interesting week, to say the least. But we'll get into that a little bit. Um, we saw Ford v Ford v Ferrari this week. I guess it's Ford versus Ferrari. Mm-hmm. I've been referring to it as Ford versus Ferrari, but they they uh, went without the S on the. Uh, on the title of the movie. So yeah. it's Ford v. Ferrari. Bold choice. I know. It's very artsy and mm-hmm. very edgy. Um, so Ford v. Ferrari, that's what we're reviewing. Uh, Kirk's got a game for us. We're calling it Wigs versus Doolin, right? Yes, and quick note on that. I wanted to call it Figs versus Foolin. I mean, that's fine. We can call it that. When I pitched it to my wife, she had so many questions. <laughs> I mean, there's... <laughs> sure. As as one normal person might. <laughs> she said, but why? Why is it Figs versus Foolin? I started, like, explaining the entire game to her. Sure. And she couldn't get past that, so yeah. I had to drop it back to just our regular names. You should just tell her, you're using your rational brain. Yes. We, on this podcast, we try to throw our rational brain as far away from us as possible and use only our dumbest, most ridiculous thoughts. Non-filtered thoughts, yes. Yeah. But we'll we'll go with the rational route. We'll call it Wigs versus Doolin. Should be fun. I, I mean, I, I got... I did my assignment, so we'll see what happens. Good. Okay. Um, and then in order, in honor of Ford versus Ferrari, we're doing our top five means of transportation. So that's sure to be a very lit top five, wouldn't you say, Kirk? There are so many possibilities. Well, when I started listing them out, I was like, okay, easy. Car, feet, train, bike, plane, done. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, no. There are so many more. So many subcategories of all of those. Yes, there are. It's Um, going to be crazy. So it's going to be hot. It's going to be a hot one. Um, And then, of course, what's popping? Because there there are things popping. Yep, that's right. There are things that are popping, Kirk, out there, and we need to let the people know what's happening. But first, 
before we jump into all of that? Well, really, we're just going to start with the Disney Plus review, of course. Um, if you're like me and you got your Disney Plus subscription on, I actually pre-ordered it, not to brag. Lucky. Yeah, not not to brag. I'm locked in for three three years, Kirk. That's bragging. Yeah, I'm bragging a little <laughs> bit. What, what can I say? Um, if you're like us, you spent the last week pouring through because you've gotten a whole new library of content and there's just like you're like a kid in a candy shop you're like oh my gosh can i say something yes i felt a little bit um mischievous Ooh. i felt um i I had i had a hard time with my other platforms that i pay for because i left them oh you felt you felt like you were cheating i did feel like Mm. that yes Mm. yeah and so much so that i had to stop myself and and re-catch up on the rest of jack ryan which i'm about half an hour from finishing now yeah you're like don't worry jack it's it's okay i know i know you're (laughs) feeling insecure i haven't been paying as much attention to you lately you've got the world to save like yeah i've I know that's a lot of pressure, but you know, I've got this new thing. I'm just, you know how this goes. I left him for Forky and yeah. other characters. Yeah. All of them. So I just want to get that off my chest. So I feel better about myself. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I have had no remorse whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just none. I'm just like, I, um, actually, as I was, I was, as I was watching my, whatever, like 15th Disney plus program today, I was reminded of Batman forever. Did you see Batman forever? Like the Val Kilmer Batman Forever? This is, uh, yeah, so this is the one with uh, the Riddler in Two-Face. Yes, absolutely. Um, And the Riddler has some sort of device where it like suction cups to your forehead. Yes, yes. And it brainwashes you. That was me this week. So (laughs) that's like, just picture that as a meme. That was me this week. I'll post a picture of it on on social tomorrow so you know what I'm talking about. Perfect. Um, Because that's how I felt. I was just like, give me more disney plus i must have all the disney plus please more um so i'm gonna go through my list of what i watched yes and then you're gonna go through your list of what what you watched and then we're gonna give our thoughts after one week i mean it's crazy to think that it's only been one week but we're just gonna give our thoughts on it okay mm-hmm. so i watched the mandalorian of course obvi first thing i watched done deal recess the world according to jeff goldblum the imagineering story float which is a pixar short um rogue one star wars of course a new hope also star wars lion king one and a half lady and the tramp not the new one the old one the og who controversial and high school musical the musical the series and forky asks a question and the empire strikes back and i think that's it you near the end of that you just like oh yeah and oh, yeah, yeah i was and. just like thinking of more because i i made this list a while ago and i was like oh just in the last day i've watched even more than that yes so yeah that's my list bravo how many is that do you have a count on that it's at least i mean let's see one okay i'll go mine while you count i kicked things off with mandalorian as well because you can't not and if you haven't watched mandalorian run run right now and go watch it agreed i watched like four or five episodes of so weird because i love that show with all my heart i watched float Mm -hmm. high school musical the musical the series pearl by recommendation from one of our viewers and my cousin uh encore with Kristen bell oh didn't catch that one forky asks a question jeff goldblum and the muppets movie with uh, jason siegel oh i love that one amy adams yeah yeah that's a good one um 
so I come up to 15 because I actually, there were a couple more I didn't list, which was Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. <laughs> um, this like Mickey Mouse shorts thing that they had on there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then like a bunch of those Mater Tales Cars cartoons. Very nice. I should add the Muppet Show because both my kids are obsessed with the new Muppet Babies. Okay. It's on Disney Junior. Gotcha. And it's fantastic. And which led us to watch the Muppets with Jason Yeah, Siegel so you guys are just like full-blown Muppets. Just yes. drinking it from the fire hose. Indeed. So all in all, good good stretch of shows we got and movies we got to watch so far. Yeah, we've covered a lot of the bases. I mean, as far as original content, I think the only thing we maybe didn't cover was Pixar in real life. Did you check that one out? I did not. Okay. Not yet. Me, ne- me neither. It's on my list. But again, lots, lots going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's do this. This is impromptu. Let's do um, your your favorite original content and your sleeper. So, like, the thing you didn't know that you would like that much that you actually really like. Let's do that. Okay. Favorite original content. Does Mandalorian count? Because it oh, is. Oh, it does. Yeah. It's new, right? Yeah, it definitely right? counts. Definitely I mean, counts. top to bottom, that thing, it, it has so many shocking moments. And there are two episodes released right now, and you definitely need to go watch both. Have you watched both, Cam? I have, yes. Okay. I watched episode two last night. You need to watch it because it it's exploding all over social media, and if you don't want to be spoiled on it, you need to go and consume I mean, this. I might even spoil it on this podcast. I'll give a warning, but I yeah. do have something that I, they need to get off of my chest. Okay. It's coming later. Yeah. It's I'll let coming you know. later, kids. I'll let you know. Um, and then as far as legacy or the sleeper i really got to say um this one is near and dear to my heart because i was a theater major yeah theater in grade school high school college man this this show called encore yeah Kristen bell takes these groups of adults who performed in shows in grade school or high school and they put those shows on again as grown-ups i love that it is so good man it got me right in the heart felt like i was stabbed and just like <laughs> laying there bleeding out on the floor like <laughs> like yeah all the feelings Hit you right in the feels man yeah it's it's incredible they did um let's see the two shows that they did the first one was annie and the second one was beauty and the beast and man they did a great job with everything yeah yeah, that's awesome. I need to I need to get onto that one. I am also I love musical theater. Wasn't involved in it in high school, so it probably won't have the same effects on me, but you know, my sister was involved in it. You were I was close to it, you know. I think it'll be good. Did you have dreams in high school? Oh, of course. Then you will have all the feelings. Yeah, that's like so <laughs> La La Land was the same way. La La mm-hmm. Land is just about like people who dream and I was just like a a weeping ball of emotions after that. It was just like a wet tissue on the floor is basically me <laughs> at that, that movie. Is such a good de- yeah. better than me like bleeding out on the floor <laughs> um okay so my favorite original i know i'm being boring it's the mandalorian it's amazing mm-hmm. i love it so much um my sleeper though this is the big one it's high school musical the musical the series fantastic i so i didn't know what to think about this one i knew i was checking it out no matter what oh for totally forgot to mention the count keeps going up kirk i also watched high school musical one twice <laughs> and high school musical two couldn't so, get enough of that again, Troy Bolton i know right man there. um well i watched it at work like as i worked as background noise and then i came home jackie was like you want to watch high school musical and i was like sure i didn't already watch that today <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, the so the new series, High School Musical, the musical, the series, um, weird, weird premise, but really good. Mm-hmm. It's it has it has just enough self awareness to be still really funny without being like 
okay, this is a joke that's gone too far. You know, it kind of teeters on that line, but they do a really good job. Um, good acting performances from our young actors in the show. I really enjoy it. Um, the, the like leader of the acting program or the theater program at the school is like basically doing her best Kristen Chenoweth impression. And it's hilarious. Like I absolutely love it. And the guy who plays the choreographer is my, uh, my scene stealer in that show. Oh, he's, he's so good. He's hilarious. So fun fact about the uh, drama teacher. She basically did play Kristen Chenoweth. I looked this up and okay. t- in 2005, she was in some sort of run of wicked and, 100% she ran away with Glinda's role. That's right? awesome. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. This 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 show has such solid performances. And the romance story, I'm always a sucker for the romance story. Yeah. Giving me huge Cory and Topanga vibes and some of it going on. So Yeah, yeah. I'm I can see it. that. Yeah, no, it's good. It's one to check out. If you were like, I don't know, if you're on the fence about it, you think it's going to be stupid. It. The weird thing about it, I felt really old because it's like totally targeted towards Gen Z. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's the first time where I'm like, what, a young person show that's not targeted towards me? Like, mm-hmm. what's happening? I guess that's just my reality now. No, so. I have f- same feeling when, when I watched uh, Daybreak, the zombie movie on Netflix. Similar vibe, Gen Z targeted, and I realized I was old. Yeah, I'm turning, it, hits you, it hits you like a ton of bricks. I'm turning 30 next month, Cam. What? 30, can't three be, zero. No, that can't be true. I know. No, you're you're just a baby, Kirk. <sighs> Don't let anybody tell you different. I'm going to shave my beard oh, oh, off. Oh, 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 my spoiler. It's a small, it's a small spoiler. Well, no, actually, I take that back. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a big spoiler, but what I'm going to say about it is really small and insignificant. For so, what show? Mando. Okay. The Mandalorian. Mandalorian. So if you haven't seen the first episode of The Mandalorian, only the first episode, you don't have to have seen the second episode. If you have not seen the first episode of The Mandalorian, skip ahead like 30 seconds. Okay. Yes. I'll be quick. I'll start. Should we start a clock? Let's, I'm going to start a yeah, timer start right a timer. now. One second. You can still listen to us fumble along yeah, as we go here. Hold on. We need a 30 second timer so I can give my spoiler. And turn your volume down now. Okay. So baby Yoda is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like so adorable. And it's not, it's not Yoda. Just to be clear. It's like another species. It's like another member of Yoda species. Right. Adorable. So cute. So I, cute. You just want to pull his little ears. I just want to snuggle it. Or hurt. We don't know what it is. We don't know. Yet, you no, know? I don't um, know. I, I, want, I want to have it in my house. Five seconds. There's got to be a Funko coming. Oh, I want it. Three. Pre-ordered. Two. One. And we're All back. All right. And we're back. No, no more spoilers. This is a safe space for the Mandalorian. Just really had to get that off my chest. Yes. I'm glad I did. Um, I didn't feel like I could tweet it, you know? And when I can't tweet it, what what am I left to do, Kirk? Because that's my that's where I really just vent. Any of those like quick thoughts in my head that I just need to throw out there, mm-hmm. that's they go to Twitter. Right. But I don't want to ruin someone's day by them being like, "Oh, Cam, what in the world?" That's when when you go to like run adult errands because we're old, and you go to the store and you just pull any stranger aside or the cashier particularly because they yeah. can't, they have nowhere to run. Sure. Hey, have you watched The Mandalorian? Yeah, please. And then you could just gush about. <laughs> are you gonna watch them. it no okay great <laughs> can we watch it together right here <laughs> yeah check out one yeah no i know it's 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 a weird thing like our need to share things yeah i remember when i was watching gossip girl through jackie was not watching it but i was like listen i need you to either catch up with me on this show or never watch it because <laughs> i need to tell you everything otherwise i'm literally going to explode to a million pieces <laughs> because i can't contain all of my thoughts on this like my head is going to actually explode it's too much information i know um so anyway 
Disney Plus also had some struggles. So yes. day one, they got 10 million users. Wow. That was not just the pre-orders. That was people who signed up that day too, which is just unprecedented, unbelievable. So they had some issues. Okay. Like I think everybody, I th- probably your experience, if you were one of these people who was like ready for day one is that you signed up. If you hadn't already, you went in to make your user profiles. You encountered some bugs there. You went to go load content. You encountered some bugs there and it kind of went like that for a little while. And then the back half of the day and into the evening, things sort of cleared up. Mm-hmm. That's probably most people's experience. Um, which I mean, let's, let's be fair. It's a frustrating one when you've been waiting so long for a piece of software and content that you want to get into. It is a frustrating experience. I think from my perspective, and I want to get yours because there's two camps on this. One is inexcusable. You knew that people were going to be all over this. It has to be cleaned up and ready to go. The other one is, hey, anytime you let 10 million people into the same software at the same time, it's going to encounter bugs. That's the camp I fall in, mm-hmm. the latter camp. But I don't know what your take was. I'm in the latter as well. These are human beings that created this platform. Yeah. And you can't anticipate every single glitch. Well, and I don't know that you can even like scale something to have to be like, I mean, most websites crash when you have that many people coming to it at one time. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of a thing. It is. <laughs> so I wasn't like... I wasn't mad. I was sure it was a little frustrating to try to like watch content and you couldn't, but it really didn't linger on for very long by the, by the second half of the day, like into the afternoon, I was streaming and having a great time. So yeah, but smooth sailing now they're, they're in a good stride right now. Yeah. And then, and then today they got hit with, we got the breaking news that it had been hacked. Mm -hmm. So if you hadn't heard that news, Disney plus was hacked. Um, it's known that, um, some hackers got access to people's login information, which they were selling on basically the dark, the dark web, web, which is such a cool name it for is. something so sinister. And the thing when you think about that is they can't really steal your credit card information right. from this or, I mean, they have your name, your profile name. Um, I but, think, yeah, they have your, yeah, they'll have your access to your profile names. They'll have your email address and your password. And then they can stream whatever they want on Disney plus. But I think the purpose was so they could stream whatever they want on Disney. Yeah. Plus. So that was what I gathered through context because they said that like this, the accounts were being sold for anywhere between three and $11, which tells me that like they weren't getting anything juicy, right. <laughs> you know, they were just getting access to Disney plus, which I mean, yeah, if somebody's footing the bill for it, I could see how. If you were a shady, mater- shady person, <laughs> you might be interested in such a thing. Um, but if that, if you haven't been affected by that, go ahead, change your password. It's good best practice anyway. I probably don't need to tell you to do that. Um, mm-hmm. Get yourself a nice secure password, um, and you'll be fine. Yep. So it, it sucked that that was kind of like how their week capped off. It's like okay, six days into Disney Plus, you're hacked. Like. But, I mean, it happens so often nowadays. It's almost like, oh, yeah, whatever. Another place got <laughs> another, hacked. Another thing got hacked. And this one was one of the tamest hacks that could have happened to them. So Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I always think it's funny when, like, Domino's Pizza or somebody gets hacked. It's like, <laughs> but why? I mean, I understand, but it's it's ridiculous. So there are a couple other user interface things that are a little wonky with it. So like there's no continue watching. I think everybody that I've talked to has said there's no continue watching what in the world. That's a big faux pas right there. It is. That makes me mad. Yeah. 
Um, I'm not mad that there were there were glitches starting up, but the fact that I can't select the show or movie I want to watch and just hit play at the top and it continued going where I was from before, like that's a big issue for me. It feels like a miss. Yeah, it feels like a significant miss. And a lot of times, so I experienced this last night. I went to watch Recess, and it couldn't tell me which episode I was on. At the top, it just said play. It didn't say like resume episode three or whatever. Yeah. Now, when I clicked on the episode, because I guessed correctly, I was like, okay, I think I'm on this episode it did pick up where i was so but then, i had no way of knowing so then think of this put yourself in the person's shoes of uh they've been watching simpsons what was it previously on hulu uh or whatever it was yeah on. i think it was just on fx but. so if, uh, whatever simpsons was streaming on previously you get here you're on season 17 of the simpsons and you're oh, dude. episode 43 <laughs> Or whatever. And you've been watching it to a mind-numbing extent <laughs> over the last, whatever, you, like three days. You log on to Disney+, Plus. you know your change, you know your change of exchange rate, and then you, you hop in and you get like six episodes deep, you go to sleep, you come back, you've forgotten where you are. Oh, you for are. sure. You are just... When you're watching a show like that and you're just cycling through 30-minute episodes, mm-hmm. you have no clue which season you're in. I feel for you, whoever's out there. <laughs> <laughs> there is somebody. There's for sure, there is for sure somebody out there who's like, no... <laughs> So that's that's that needs to be fixed pronto. Yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't see any other like glaring uni- usability things. Um, there are a couple things that I really like, which is that they have tons of 4K content. Mm-hmm. Star Wars was in 4K. I was like, what? Like all those original Star Wars movies. It's so nice. Um, I like that. I like that you can kind of like click between nat geo and disney and pixar and like kind of go through categories that way the search is not bad like it does a pretty good job um yeah overall i like the interface it's nice and clean it's easy doesn't feel cluttered and ultimately i think my take on disney plus is like for a platform that just launched it has a crap ton of content Mm -hmm. i mean just so much yep i'm gonna give it a 9.8 kernels right here yeah i mean i'm yeah 10 <laughs> i love it well and i think i'm mostly grading it on what it will be which in in very short while kirk it will be insane 15 out of 10 when they roll out all the other shows i mean because we what it has now is good what it's going to have we've only just begun. <laughs> it's true man it's true so it's going to be very interesting if you if you have been on the disney plus adventure over the last week hit us up we want to know what your experience is i know a lot of people on launch day were like it's not working it's not working that was kind of pandemonium but now that you've had it on your belt for a little while let us know where you're at how you're feeling what you're watching most of all we want to know because kirk and i are always looking for recommendations you know what i want them to do yes what disney has all sorts of different badges and they have that like trading pin system or whatever it is yeah they should get badges for they should keep track of what you've watched Ooh, achievement unlocked achievement unlocked yes. for like extra content or i don't know what but or just to share the badges and to brag to your friends like i watched 15 shows this week yeah and i didn't even see the sun <laughs> you know things like that like oh yes i'm a i'm a platinum disney plus viewer. i like it i like it i mean and when i play games on my playstation they give me medals for everything see like the most insignificant stupid stuff and it always makes me happy i'm like ooh, look i just got an achievement that's pretty cool take that disney plus bring it on i like that they also last thing they do have a suggestion box if you go to like provide feedback it'll let you say what you want them to add so you can like tell them i want pepper and which i've obviously already done i mean first order of business i was like how do i let them know that i need pepper and in my life immediately <laughs> And I found that. And so, yeah, it'll, if you have a suggestion, go leave it. 
Well, we're sharing that out on social as soon as possible. Yeah, we'll see what happens. All right. Let's jump into the other movie news. Believe it or not, there was other news this week. Just not, a little. Not just Disney Plus. So let's let's dive into that. Let's do a little bit of what's popping. There it is. I was worried there for a second. I didn't know that you were I thought you were asleep at the wheel there. I was. Okay. <laughs> All right. Big news coming out this week. So if you if you can remember back many months ago, we were introduced to the CGI Sonic. And he looked like um, when the kid from Jumanji gets turned into a monkey. He looked exactly like that. I'll do a side by side on 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 social tomorrow. But he literally looked exactly like that. And people were like, "Yeah, no, <laughs> hard hard pass." I mean, everybody went ballistic. I literally tweeted out that picture of the kid from Jumanji turned into a monkey, and. Um, again, because people screamed loud enough, Paramount was like, okay, okay, we heard you. We're going to fix it. And they fixed it and they put it, they put our new Sonic back out earlier last week. And what did you think, Kirk? So much better. Looks great. Doesn't it? I think this is really what people were wanting or expecting before they got the, uh, Jumanji monkey kid. <laughs> yeah. It literally exactly like, that. oh my goodness. I can't wait for that side by side. Oh yeah. And, this people have been chanting and, and kind of corralling everyone to saying, listen, they did what we asked. Right. Go see this movie. So, so that was my big question is like, um, do you think, so I, I view this movie as one that not everybody is going to see because mm-hmm. it looks a little bit, I don't want to be presumptuous, but it looks like something that they put out there just to get kids to come to the movies. They know they'll drag their parents to the movies. They're not going to put, that much time into writing a good script and all that because they know they'll make money. But do you think the people who yelled loudly about this movie will go see it? I think they actually will only because the result of the redesigned Sonic is so well done. Yeah. I, it'll be interesting. I'm going to be watching that box office number mm-hmm. hard because I think production on this thing was 90 million or something like that mm-hmm. is what they said or somewhere near a hundred. They spent, so okay there's a meme floating around that kirk showed me today that says that they spent 35 million dollars on the redesign do Mm. not believe that meme that is not correct they spent less than five million dollars on the redesign which you could probably figure out with your brain because it's just redesigning a cgi thing it's not like reshooting things with real actors who cost lots of money or like Mm -hmm. rewriting the script or doing anything like that like they're literally just recreating the character so for a less than $5 million investment, they I, I think they if they're profitable on this movie, which I thought was probably going to be a stinker at the box office just because it's probably going to get bad reviews. I don't know. I'm making lots of assumptions. <laughs> if, they, if they're profitable, I see that as a huge win. So I know that they're going to get my money because my son loves Sonic. Well, yeah, our uh, our nephews, we were just literally just downstairs talking to June Beck and they're, they're fired up. That's right. They were bummed that it got delayed. I was like, hey it's for good reason you're gonna like this a lot more trust me hashtag worth it yeah so i mean i think they did a good job it'll be interesting i i kind of want this to be a success story because so often like the social media trolls ruin things and maybe if they actually made something better for once i would be okay with it Mm -hmm. um so it should be interesting all right next bit of movie news there is growing support, Kirk, among both fans. I mean, the fans have been chanting release the Snyder Cut for a long time, and now cast members are getting in. Jason Momoa says he's seen it. Gal Gadot 
once it released ben affleck once it released all the stars from the justice league are saying release the snyder cut uh if you don't know what we're talking about so Zack snyder the director of the justice league he's he kind of was helming is he still like at the helm for dc i don't know because he had to step away for some tragic family issues. oh that's right that's um, right but i don't know where he stands on actively with the company sure um so Zack snyder was the director of of justice league that movie I, like kirk just said there were some tragic events in Zack snyder's life he had to step away from production joss whedon came in finished up that movie there were reshoots with this movie there were all kinds of things the product that we ended up seeing in theater i think most people feel was not good i'm uh, certainly in the camp of it was not not a good piece of film i think the word you were looking for the phrase was hot garbage oh yes <laughs> <laughs> yes uh it's not good you've got really bad set design really bad cgi not great writing okay acting but not across the board henry cavill's mustache edit the cgi mustache i mean come on there's there's lots of problems with this movie but some feel convinced that there is a cut of this movie that zach's a zach snyder director's cut that is much 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 better and it's starting to get a lot of buzz warner brothers continues to say not happening we're not releasing it it's not happening what is your take on all of this i want it i want it you do you actually want it though kirk (laughs) i need to know is it worse or better than what we received so it can't be that much better that this is my take Mm -hmm. it can't be that much better because again it wasn't just that like the movie was incoherent it was that the set design was awful the cgi was awful a lot of the writing was really really bad and like obviously you can somehow cut around bad writing to make it okay but set design cgi not not really so i have very little hope that this could be like like just immensely better to the point where i mean maybe it's like five ticks better and it's like okay it's just garbage instead of hot garbage when it gets released i mean it can't be that much better right am i wrong about that no you're absolutely right i think um i'm just just ridden with curiosity and i need to would see would be it. hilarious if it came out and it was like objectively worse <laughs> you know like everybody's buzzing about this warner brothers is finally like all right fine <laughs> and then they release it and everybody's like oh this sucks <laughs> that would be great i would live for that yes um but yeah, I mean, I root for DC, but I don't think I I'm in Warner brothers camp. Just, just let that thing die, man. <laughs> just leave justice <laughs> league alone. But again, the, the internet trolls will not stop. They will not stop. Mm-hmm. And now that they're getting egged on by the people who are actually acting in the movie, I'm like, dude, Warner brothers might be put in a position where like they kind of have to release this thing. Could they, doesn't DC have their own streaming network for whatever reason? Oh yes. Uh, DC universe. Yeah. <laughs> You don't subscribe to that? Not a chance. (laughs) (laughs) But I wonder, maybe they should release it on there first and test it. Uh Uh-huh. Because obviously these people who want it are probably subscribers or would subscribe to it temporarily. Yeah, and they wouldn't have to pay a bunch of money for like distribution. and Mm -hmm. And then if it goes well, then release it to something a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. Sure. All right. If I was a DC exec. Yeah, I like that play. I like that play a lot. Give it to the 10 people who subscribe to DC Universe (laughs) and see how they feel. Ben Affleck. (laughs) I think think they'll love it, to be honest. Um, Okay. So that's an interesting one. Definitely one to keep an eye on. I'm just like, with each passing day, it's like, 
now Gal Gadot wants it. Now Jason Momoa wants it. Now Ben Affleck. Which, like, why Ben Affleck? Don't you have bigger fish to fry than this? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, next one. There is a prequel series to a, to a movie that's largely believed to be a classic that it is in the works. And that movie is Chinatown, which is a Roman Polanski film. It's, I mean... Think it's safe to say it's largely believed to be like a, t- a masterpiece and one movie that's like one of the best written movies of all time top 100 afi list right now yeah for sure um and then you've got david fincher who comes in and says let's make a prequel series for this thing um and he's gonna work with robert town who wrote the movie who wrote chinatown how old is he i don't think he's young and i'm just gonna go out on a limb because i think what a chinatown coming came out in 1970 something 1976 i think sure yeah um so yeah i mean and he was i don't think he was like a kid when that came out um but anyway this is happening it's a prequel series to chinatown my reaction to this is like okay weird um what is this even gonna be like and i don't know i it, it feels like weird to do a prequel series for a movie that was like a one shot done masterpiece classic type thing like why are we revisiting this don't know plus the twist in chinatown doesn't really relate to chinatown in my opinion yeah that's fair the final twist like the thing that just nails nails the uh the shock factor in that film um I don't know. I it, it'll probably be objectively good, but yeah. I mean, I like David Fincher. He does a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I mean, if Robert Town still got his writing chops, it should be interesting. For yeah, sure. it's not something I'm necessarily craving, but no, I'm not excited about it. <laughs> but if it if it happens and if it comes, I'm, I'll, I'll tune in. Yeah, it should be interesting. If you're like a big Chinatown fan, I know these people are out there, or like a big Roman Polanski guy. I'd be interested because I mean I've seen Chinatown okay mm-hmm. but I'm not like it's not like this movie that I put on every night before I go to sleep like I'm not I don't have like an emotional connection to it and even I'm like kind of weird to do a prequel series I'd be interested to hear from someone who's like Chinatown is my movie I love it yeah who's like every time you say hey what's your favorite movie Chinatown stop what you're doing I've got it right here let's go <laughs> yeah I don't there's no one out there like that at least no, I haven't met them. There is, there is Kirk. <laughs> I hope they're in our listenership because I want to hear from them because I want to know what they feel about this series. Dad, dad, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it should be interesting. Um, and then our final piece of what's popping news is a doozy. It's a doozy. Kirk. Prepare yourself. Um, Nicholas Cage, not to be confused with John Cusack. For those of you who make that, <laughs> to who make that mix up, which is just dumb. Um, Nicholas Cage is going to play, wait for it, Nicholas Cage in a movie called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Yes, indeed. And it, he's he's playing himself. It's a very meta deal. I don't know much more about it than that, but that sounds bizarre. I'm just going to skim over what this movie is about. Yes, please. Right now. I would like to know. Um, so this very meta version of Nicolas Cage will feature him as a down on his luck actor whose glory days are now far behind him. Yep, that's true. This version of Cage is hoping to get a career boost with a role in a new Quentin Tarantino movie. Needing a paycheck badly, he agrees to show up at a birthday party for a Mexican billionaire. The billionaire is not only a massive Nick Cage fan, but is also very likely the boss 
of a massive drug cartel. Okay, so... Wow, lots to unpack there. <laughs> thank, thank you, Nerdist, for giving us this info, too. Yeah, lots to unpack there. Um, so how much of this is real? I mean, him being a down-on-his-luck actor who's past his prime, check. Check. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's happening, you know. Um, was there some Quentin Tarantino movie that he went out for and didn't get? I hope so. Check. We'll say it's real. I mean, that's probably true, but well then where does it stop kirk where does the not when does where does the realness stop did he actually go to a birthday party for a mexican drug cartel billionaire i believe it i don't know that seems <laughs> kind of wacky I, who's who's also a Nicolas cage fan that seems a little bit of a stretch i don't know if that part's a stretch right there maybe maybe he didn't go to the party but maybe there is a, a mexican drug cartel leader who loves Nicolas Cage. He's I mean, got that sequin pillow that when you rub your hand <laughs> over it, it reveals <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a great Christmas present, by the way. Indeed. If you're looking for something to get me, I'd take, I'll take that. I don't know about this, man. Do we know who's directing this? I do not. I don't either. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I have nothing to say on this. Well, I, I want to watch it over and over and over again. I think they should have had John Cusack play Nicolas Cage. That, <laughs> that's my take. I think that would have made it perfect because if. then my brain, I would have actually, <laughs> my brain will liquefy and just pour out of my ears. That's what will happen. If John Cusack is in this movie. <laughs> Dude, in, I'll be ruined. It'll be over. Capacity. No, it'll be over. It'll, I'll be like, no, please. It'll be, oh. maybe, maybe it'll reverse it. It'll you equalize know, it. Because Con Air did this to me. Con Air got me all switcheroo. Yeah. Maybe it's like Freaky Friday and you have to like you have to do the same thing again <laughs> to It's Freaky Friday. <laughs> to cancel it out. Um in that case I'm all for it. If if I can somehow be released from my own personal hell. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be cured. That would be great. Um yeah, so we'll keep an eye on that project. I don't know when that thing's coming out, but we'll be first in line, I'm I assure you. And we'll have a review of it, I'm sure. I'm calling it right now. Absolutely. All right, Game Master. Let's do this thing. Figs versus Foolin. <laughs> I was wondering what you were going to end up calling it after all is said and done. That's for you, my Thank lovely you. wife, Aubrey. Yeah. No, it's Wigs oh, versus Oh, wait, I Foolin. thought you were saying it was for me. That's for your, it's for Aubrey, okay. And you. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. I needed that. So in Ford versus Ferrari, we have a contest uh, between... Uh, Ford and a Ferrari. It's as simple as that. What? Go figure. I know. I never saw that coming. <laughs> Surprise when you got to the theater. I compiled a list of things that are completely irrelevant to life achievements. Um, some are kind of irrelevant and exciting, and others are things you absolutely cannot control or you have any kind of effort that you could achieve such things. Sure. You'll find out here very briefly. Are you ready to play, Cameron? I am. How do I win? Well, every question is a little bit different, and okay. I have not told you the rules of each one, so... So we'll find out the rules for each question as we get there. Pretty much. And by the end, we'll know who's the better person. Exactly. Objectively. Okay, I like this. High stakes, but I like it. Big stakes. I either go spiraling into a pit of self-pity, <laughs> or I'm on top of the world. Yes. And I just get to bully you for the rest of your life. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, bragging rights are big. High, yeah, high stakes. <laughs> I say, okay, let's do it. Let's go. Question number one. When were you born? What year? Okay. Do I say it? Wait, wait, wait. What wins? Youngest? I'll tell you after you say it. Uh, 1993. And I was 1989. I win. I'm older. Oh. Point to Kirk. Thank you. Thank you. Question number two. How long 
is your first name? Seven letters. Minus four. Do you win because you're just shorter? No, you win. Yes. <laughs> Point to me. <laughs> See? Irrelevant questions. Yeah, okay. Where the points and, don't matter. Yeah, all the games are made up and the points don't matter. <laughs> I need to keep track of this point Okay, good. Yeah, here. please do. <clears throat> Number three. How long is your middle name? Well, I think you got me beat on this one because your middle name is Tiberius, right? <laughs> I James wish. Tiberius Kirk Doolin. I oh, wish. wait, that wouldn't be your... Okay. Uh, my middle name is five letters. Five letters. Care to share? <laughs> no. Is that the right phrase? Care to share? You share to care? No, I'm never going to tell anyone my middle name. No? No, I won't tell. Oh, I'm glad <laughs> I asked because I almost just said it. I got to keep my anonymity. Do you know my middle name? I do know your middle name. Dude, I don't think I know your middle name. Does that make me a terrible person? No, but no. Oh, I'm... wait. No, no, I do. I know what it is. Rats. Go ahead. Well, let's save it for another episode. Mine is six, though. Yep. So I win. Oh, <laughs> point to Kirk. This game is stupid. <laughs> you just rigged it so you would win. I will say I knew the first three answers. Oh, well, yeah, of course you did. <laughs> yeah. So you were like, let me stack the deck so I'm up one after three. Quite, I see you, Kirk. Got to come you. strong out of the game You're here. sneaky over there. Number four. What was your first word? Um, my first word was onomatopoeia. Wow. Yes. Well. No. Uh, <laughs> so my first word was dada. What? Yeah, dada. That was my first word. What? I think that's a pretty common first word, though, right? Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's 50-50, dada mama, or something completely random. But I think like that, that I read that dada is easier to say because mm-hmm. the m sound is harder. Yeah, da, da. Yeah. And then you just get, it just comes off the... Da, 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 the tongue which is really like a cruel irony sort of thing because you know like your wife or spouse or partner or whoever has mm. birthed this child right and they had to go through that they do the hard work and then you you get data first it's kind of that's kind of cruel it is a little mean but yeah mine was data yours was data point to both of us Boom. or point to no one what is it both i tried to do it twice and it overlapped sorry <laughs> i forgive <laughs> you failure i forgive you when did you first walk? Well, I hope it's um, I hope it's how late. I hope if you're later, you win because if it's earlier, <laughs> um, I'm in bad shape. For those of you who don't know, I was actually Kirk. You probably know this. I was a ginormous monster baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> I weighed wait for it eleven pounds at birth, and so well done. Walking for me, you could say, didn't come supernaturally because I was basically a bowling ball or some sort of like turkey or something. I just couldn't do it. I was weighed too much. I couldn't do it. So all that said, I didn't walk until 18 months. But when I did, I could open doors. I had this garden. It was like a little baby garden, like toy thing. And I could just step over the wall to it. It had a door on the front of it. And I would just step over top of it like Godzilla. So yeah, eighteen months. You were like, uh, "Honey, I blew up the baby." Exactly, <laughs> you that were was the me. baby in like the tiny town. <laughs> yeah, I apparently walked one week before my first birthday. Oh, fancy! But it doesn't matter because it was if you walked later in life, <laughs> so you do get the points. Yes, congratulations! Um, just want to let you know we are tied three to three right here. <sighs> yes. Three to three. That's tense. Number six. How many different organized sports teams have you played on? Ooh. Teams or like sports? Sports. 
that is a good clarification. So you go, you go first. I've played on two. I played soccer, and I ran track one year of track. Okay. And uh, soccer for many years. Yeah, I played soccer, basketball. Do intramural sports cross count? Such as were they organized? Yeah, dodgeball, mm-hmm. sand volleyball. Were there like tournaments or like a regular series? Oh yeah, there for was a sure. Winner? Yeah, that counts. Flag football. That counts. Okay, I think I win. You win. Yes. Point to me. Congratulations. What was the highest award you were given in high school, Cameron? Is this one objective? <laughs> Maybe. Like highest <laughs> award in what way? Like in whatever way you think was your highest achievement <laughs> in high school. So I mean, I think like by the book, my highest award was probably the Lancer Medallion. Okay. Can you explain what that is for people who didn't go to our high school? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can. That's weird. <laughs> who didn't go to our high school? The Lancer Medallion was like an outstanding, basically like civilian student award, like someone who excels in the classroom, but also in their student body community, mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah, finally got got that one my senior year, just squeaked in right <laughs> under the literally last semester of senior year. I got that guy. That's fancy. Um, I don't know. I also won Mr. Lancer which mm-hmm. you did as well. I did also win Mr. So Lancer. So that's kind of a big deal. So I was baiting you on this one to say that we both won the same award different years. We did. Mr. Lancer was... The, so the Lancers were the school mascot. Correct. And Mr. Lancer was the beauty pageant that we put on as juniors and seniors. I can't remember if, yeah. it, if you had to be one or the other. Maybe yes. both. No, you had to... Yeah, junior or senior. You know, it was like a beauty pageant. There was a, um, a dancing portion, a talent portion, a... Um, question and answer portion question and answer portion Well, actually there were two question and answer portions the first one was like kind of like funny personality type Mm -hmm. questions and then the second portion was like serious like you have you have a prompt yes and you have to answer it if i could put that in a time capsule the thing that i did for my talent was i pretended to be a bad um auditioner from american idol Oh yeah, and I just sang with that the uh, the the Asian man who sang "I am your brother." Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, which got roaring applause. I do say if I do say so myself. Good one. I like it. Yeah, we did. Me and my buddy Andy did the dance from Dirty Dancing. Yes, and uh, yeah, he was he was the girl, and we did the lift. We did like a janky version of the lift because I couldn't lift another man. It was very difficult. <laughs> Um, lifting anybody for that matter, well, regardless yeah. of size, very hard. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Swayze, uh, ripped guy beast. He had it figured out. <laughs> <laughs> I did not, but we did the dance. It was a, it was a big hit. So yeah. Mr. Lancer point to both. Okay. Point to both. Did you get the Lancer medallion? No. Ooh. But we're not talking about that. No, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, I will, I will agree that Mr. Lancer is probably the higher. It's pretty highbrow achievement. It means way more. It does. <laughs> It's way uh, more. It does mean it does mean way more. Highest education received. I got my MBA. You win. <laughs> that I, point, I, I should winning? say. It, I is, it is six to four. I got my bachelor's degree. It is six to four. Whew. All right. How tall are you? Six foot four. You're six four? Yeah, dude. I did not think you were that tall. I am. That makes sense. I'm five eight. And okay. I win this point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that makes up for the that makes up for the point I won for walking super late in life. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. It is now six to five, and there is one question left. Okay, ready. In fact, it's not a question. I should rephrase that. Cam and I, 
you we are going to have a staring contest. Okay. In Ford versus Ferrari, they race. We can't really do anything visual for our listeners right now, so we are going to... We should have a foot race. A foot race? We'll do that later. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that later. Just outside, just yeah. record us running. <laughs> That'll be good radio. I mean, it'll be about as good radio as a uh, steering contest, but... What if you just like hear our feet running? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those I are like my feet. It. I'm taking my glasses off. Probably a good idea. Okay. I'm nervous. I don't think so I... So, wait, wait, wait. What's the tiebreaker? Mm. Rock, paper, scissors? Just mm. one shot, rock, paper, scissors. Yes. Okay, down. Okay, staring contest. You ready? No, I need some of that. Uh, what's the? What's that guy? Ben Stein. Mm, um, red eye. Clear eyes. Clear eyes. For dry eyes. Or that thing from Clockwork Orange. Well, because there's a space heater sitting next to me, and it's really drying out the room. Yes, it is. Okay, okay. I'm ready. Just count me down. I got my eyes closed. Okay. Um, I'll say one, two, three, go. You ready? <clears throat> yes. One two three go this did i blink <laughs> not yet i'm twitching he blinks oh! <laughs> didn't you i think yeah I did. you did oh. <laughs> oh i'm crying oh man my eyes were gonna start oh, bleeding there in man. a second ladies and gentlemen point to cam and winner of wigs versus doolin yes wow Ooh. i have so many people to thank um mostly myself for being <laughs> awesome and for winning all the categories in this game i didn't say there was a speech here cameron oh sorry <laughs> i'm just used to winning things so i usually have a prepared speech Dang. wow and there's the little owen wilson wow for you <laughs> just to end on that note my eyes are literally bleeding i'll be blind for the rest of the show same thank you kirk great game Great, great game. Sorry you lost this one. Better luck next time. I'll catch you. <laughs> okay, let's jump into our review, which is um, not Figs versus Foolin. It's Ford versus Ferrari. <laughs> Ford versus Ferrari. Um, tweet synopsis. I believe it's me. Do it. Okay. Carol Shelby and Ken Miles are two completely different men with a shared goal to win the 24-hour Le Mans race in France with a Ford vehicle. To do so, they'll have to fight through their own differences, corporate red tape, impossible odds, and the unstoppable force that is Ferrari. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited to read mine. Yes, do it. You ready? Read it. Set in the 1960s, we follow the incredible, innovative group of Shelby Automotive who led Ford Motor Company to its first victory of many against their top competitor and nemesis, Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think mine's one giant run-on sentence, I like but I was we... just excited that we ended with Ferrari. Yes. No, that's good. We're both on the same wavelength there. Mm. Um, this movie is pretty simple in nature. It's really just that. So... Um, at some point, Lee Iacocca, who worked for the Ford Motor Company, determined that the best way to get Ford Motor back into the top of the automotive field was to win some races. Mm -hmm. And when you're mass producing cars, it's hard to beat Ferrari, who was hand building all of their cars. And so they needed some help. They needed a genius. And that person they felt was Carol Shelby, who is played by Matt Damon in this movie. Um, Shelby Fords. So that was the only thing I knew going into this movie. 
I used to I used to always go with my dad to the car show every year, and the one car that I wanted to see every time was um, the Shelby Cobra GT500 Mustang. That thing was slick. Had a little Cobra logo on the on the uh, outside of the car. Nice. Those things were just awesome. The engine was huge. I loved it. So I did not know Shelby uh, Carol Shelby was a race car driver. I had no idea. No idea what the Le Mans race was heading into this. No idea who Ken Miles was. So this is a very educational movie for me. I felt all of those things and more because I know very little things about cars. I know how to start my car. Yes. I know how to take my car to the car wash. Mm-hmm. I can clean out my car with a little little shopping plastic bag to put the trash Good. in and then throw yes. out the trash. But I don't know. I couldn't tell you where the car, the alternator is or the carburetor. Sure. Is that a thing? Probably. Um, or where the brakes. I know, <laughs> I know generally where the brakes are. Yeah. But I couldn't like reach underneath and touch them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got it. But you can change your washer fluid, right? No. Oh, okay. You do that like the instant oil change place? Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So you could say Kirk and I are car guys. We know, a lot, we know lots about cars. Um, funny story. My car needs an oil change right now. It needs an oil change. Um, it's a Volkswagen Tiguan, which means that every instant oil change place hates my car because it's German and stupid and weird. And I was like, oh, no sweat. People change their oil all the time. I'll just do it. You know, my, me and my dad changed oil on a car one time. I was like, this will be easy to figure out. Watched a YouTube video. Nope, not on this car. There's like some sort of 32 millimeter socket wrench and all these different things. And you need, I don't know. It it was stressing me out just watching it. I shut off the video. I was like, okay, I'm screwed. Yikes. So there you go. My car's leaking oil right now. Oh, nice. That's good. (laughs) So I got to get that fixed. Yes. He learned what you needed in this movie to get that fixed. That's good. Precisely. Um, All right. Let's jump into and the Oscar goes to. Let's do it. My pick for this movie, and it was tough, man. So you've got two leading characters here. They're sort of like, I mean, I would say they're dual leads, right? They're co-leads. Mm-hmm. Um, no one, it's no one person's story. I don't think by any means. And so I actually went with Matt Damon, Matt Damon. (laughs) I knew you were going to do that. (laughs) Um, I went with Matt Damon who plays Carol Shelby. Um, I really, really liked this character and part of this whole, the whole story is sort of like how they're balancing between Matt Damon who has to deal with Ford and the corporate, the bureaucracy and all of the red tape and all of the crap that goes on with that. If you've ever worked in a corporation, you know what I'm talking about um, to get this thing done, to really pull off this impossible feat. And Christian Bale is the flip side of that. He's the guy actually doing the thing, you know, he's racing the car. Um, and I thought Matt Damon was really, really excellent. Um, I thought that. So, if, if you look at this movie, I think it's easy to go, well, Christian Bale has more range as an actor and therefore was the better actor in this movie. And I do that in most movies that Christian Bale's in. I'm like, well, he has more range and he did a role that was crazy and wacky. And so it wins. But I thought that um, it kind of goes back to Ewan McGregor's performance in Dr. Sleep. Like the reality of Matt Damon's character, it was very genuine. It was very believable. Um, you you kind of just felt him and understood him and he had a really subtle way of conveying emotion that was consistent with his character. Um, 
and just really spot on. Like whenever, whenever Matt Damon's character got angry or like fired up, it didn't feel unnatural. It felt right. It just, everything felt really smooth and clean. So I don't have a lot of like hard moments to point to in this movie, but I just really left that movie in love with the Cheryl Kelby, Carol Shelby character. Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, that's, I, I think Matt Damon really did a really great job. That's a great point. How you put about like the anger levels that Matt Damon goes through, because it's very easy for an actor, especially coming out the gate where they just jump to 10 and the nuances that he played with, because there were many different levels of frustration through these bureaucracy, bureaucracy, uh, and red tape places in, in the film. And he, he nailed it. He had different levels. He had different spots where he knew that he, the stakes were higher at certain points and not as much. And when he should really fight that battle and when he should just voice his opinion. So yeah, excellent call out on that. I went with Christian Bale yeah. for best actor. Good call. Uh, one of the biggest reasons I went with uh, my good friend, Christian friend of the pop is that he's unique in every single role. Um, and we know that he is a shapeshifter. Yes. Hands down, easy, easily known. Um, he dropped like 70 pounds for this role because he had just recorded, recorded, just filmed uh, Vice as president, or sorry, Vice, Vice President of Dick Cheney and came on to do this, didn't eat, made sure that he got lean for this. The, the biggest thing that I felt the moment I saw him on screen was that I knew that guy. Yeah. You, he just looked like your local technician. He's just there because he has a passion for cars, building them, repairing them, driving them, racing them. The moment he started speaking, I was just in, locked on him. And that feeling never went away. He goes through a lot of different hardships that, um, like financial hardships that everyone goes through in their yeah. life. And that was super relatable. He had such a, a strong relationship with his family. I loved that. And I loved the way he treated his son and his wife. And it just just uh, really resonated with me, Christian Bale's performance. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, man, they just, they played off each other so well. You know, in reading about this movie, it was one of the main reasons that they said like 90% of the reason Matt Damon chose this film is because he wanted to work with Christian Bale. Yeah. Um, and he was actually almost selected. He he passed on the role of Harvey Dent actually in The Dark Knight, and so he could have gotten a chance to work with him there. But I also I thought that this was the great, a really great capacity for them to work in. They were sort of like fire and ice. You know, they were two guys, different ends of the spectrum, who just really understood each other and understood what needed to happen. Um, Matt Damon's character is so interesting and like weirdly relatable because in my role, so in my role, I deal with you know, at, at my work, I, I'm a account manager. So I deal with clients. And so a lot of times I have to choose what information gets back to my team and what information doesn't and when to send certain emails and like that managing that relationship can sometimes be an interesting task and sometimes isn't understood by everybody who's on your team because there are lots of things that go on there. So sometimes you have to do something that may not make sense to your team, but makes sense to you because you're the one like communicating with the client on a daily basis. And Matt Damon was like faced with a lot of those decisions where Ken miles is like, dude, what are you, what are you doing here? This is crazy. And he's like, Hey, let me deal with the corporate thing. Just trust me, you know? And so yeah. this movie was a lot about trust um, and how those two characters trust kind of builds over time. And I thought that, that was, really good and really relatable. And then Christian Bale, I mean, can't say enough about that guy. Mm. I mean, he, he was just stellar. Um, he's 
he get, he puts it all on the line every single time. And like you said, this I thought what was really interesting. Um, you talk about how he transforms into a different person for every role that he's in. This role was actually really similar to the role that he played in the fighter mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, other than this character wasn't like a meth head, but <laughs> um, same kind of edge to him, same kind of like upbringing, like gritty, you know, and he didn't fall into the trap of like letting parts of that character sneak in here. Sometimes you see actors fall into a comfort zone where they, um, you know, they, they've played the same type of character quite a few times. And so it starts to really like blur together. Like, well, which character are you really playing here? Mm-hmm. Cause there's parts of this character and others. Christian Bale, man, there was, there was none of that. Like he didn't let his body move the same way as he did with that character. He was just like very intentional. And he, so he didn't slip into his Batman voice or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> right. No. Yeah, I know. Exactly. So I thought that that was interesting that he's played a couple of characters that are similar to Ken miles, but he didn't actually like, let that affect his performance. He's still like, separated. Yeah. Yep, separated it. Yes. Um, okay. Let's go with scene stealer. I went a little bit of a different route with scene stealer. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause I wanted to call out. Um, I mean, I like to call out guys who, you know, whenever Matt Damon and Christian Bale are on the marquee, there are tons of people that will go unnoticed in a movie. And I really liked Tracy Letts's performance. He played Henry Ford. The second. Yes, man. It was awesome. <laughs> he, so Henry Ford, our introduction to this character is it sets the tone for who he is right away. It's very bombastic. It's like he comes in and addresses a whole assembly line full of auto manufacturers and basically tells them like, you're not doing a good enough job. And Ford motor company was built on the back of people who work hard and get the job done. And you guys aren't getting the job done. So, you guys need to go home, think about it and come back tomorrow and get the job done. Like that's how we get introduced. And it's like, Whoa, takes your breath away. Um, but we see all different sides of this character. We see him, you know, be the stoic CEO type leader of a company that you're probably used to seeing when you think of somebody who is the president of a large organization. We see a bombastic hothead who lets his emotions get the best of them, which was happening a lot historically with this relationship between Ford and Ferrari. It very much became like, I have the bigger, you know, the bigger gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it was like a very much a, a wrestling match back and forth. And so there has to be a little bit of fire. Um, you see him being very vulnerable at a lot of times. I don't know. He, he had good range. Um, his moments were always driving forces to the plot. Um, and I thought he did a great job. Tracy Letts. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I was also on the fence of just also choosing the opposite person for yeah, yeah. for um, scene stealer, and I was this close to doing it, and then I changed my mind because mm-hmm. I I, re, I replayed the movie in my head, and I chose, and I'm going to butcher her name, Katriana Balfi. Yes, Balf. Um, she plays Ken Miles' wife, Christian Bale's wife. And I was happily surprised with her performance. I don't think I've seen her in anything. I didn't look her up on IMDb just yet, um, but maybe we can pull that up while I Yeah, chat. I don't think you've seen her in much. She she came in just swinging. She comes in as this kind of mysterious woman in, into, the, into the fold, and then you discover that she is Christian Bale's wife. She is very sweet. She is very supportive of Christian Bale's passion for driving, uh, for racing, and she she also has such real moments that was it the the writing of this film was so real uh 
we, you talk about La La Land a lot. There's a there's a fight in La La Land between Emma Stone and and Ryan Gosling that is just one of the most real arguments I've ever seen on screen. There is a fight, an argument between Christian Bale and his wife. <laughs> Again, her name I can't I can't pronounce in this film that is so real that at first uh as that probably if you're a guy you're like wait why is this argument happening it's like she kind of goes back on her word a little bit but as she expresses herself you completely feel everything that she was going through and it makes perfect sense from her perspective so I, i thought that to execute that that kind of um subtle level that kind of um very difficult line of being just um just trying to to just explode on screen. Yeah. I think that that was really special that, that she did that and it caught my eye and I couldn't look away. Yeah. I think it's hard to like portray a real married couple, (laughs) you know, I I really do. I think it's, I think it's a difficult thing to do Um, because in a lot of those scenes where they're having these like high energy fights or something in movies, a lot of times you see people, either not match what their counterpart in the scene is giving them or go a little too far and make it unrealistic. It's very, it's a tough thing to balance. And I really thought, I mean, acting opposite Christian Bale has to be incredibly intimidating. He's a guy, he's a method actor. He goes all the way into his character and he's going to throw everything he has at you. Um, And I could feel sometimes that she was just like the perfect person for that role. I mean, she really just matched his energy and she, commanded a lot of the scenes there were times where you could actually tell that she was driving the emotional conflict that was happening in the scene and the level of intensity that was there and he was kind of uh, letting her take the lead um that's a sign of a really good actor i think she did a great job yeah you could definitely see her take yeah take literally take the driver's seat and watch him react like whoa I'm here. I'm keep, keep telling me what you want. And yeah. what are we, what are we playing on back and forth? And it was so exciting to watch. And I, I think one of the other reasons I picked her because, uh, about her, the, her character's level of support for her husband, um, wanting to pursue his dreams and pursue his passion. I think about this podcast and I think about my wife and how she's like, man, sometimes it's inconvenient, but I really like how that you love what you're doing. So shout out to yeah she's she's a she's a good partner i mean this uh this character is a is a great partner and one that like you leave the movie and she's like you're like man she's like one of the heroes of the story exactly yeah so very very cool um let's jump into showstopper my showstopper for this movie the thing that really took my breath away um is one that might get overlooked by some people i think it was how approachable they made race car driving (laughs) you know it didn't feel over your head it didn't feel daunting i thought that james mangled made a really good um just he made a really good strategic decision in how he filmed it you know how they filmed it that it wasn't like super fast frame rate you can't see anything that's going on like you could see everything that was going on in the racing scenes um and he was really simple with the racing. You know, he didn't go too far into strategy. You know, I think a lot of times filmmakers dive so much into the research that they want to show how much they know, but James Mangold did a great job of being like, Hey, our, our, the person who's watching this movie likely doesn't know a ton about cars and probably almost certainly doesn't know a lot about what race car driving looks like in the 1960s in France, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, so let's make it approachable. Let's tell a story. Let's make sure the story comes first and go from there. And, that's something that you have to have a lot of 
discipline to do um, because as a, as a director, you do pour your heart and soul in something. And if you learned a fun fact, you want to include it. But um, there wasn't any point where I was like, man, I feel stupid. I have no idea what's going on. Like the whole time it felt very, it was a very clean story, nice and easy, um, not hard to follow. And I thought that that was really effective. Um, I think there are sometimes when you like watch a football movie and you're like, man, maybe if I knew a little bit more about football, I would know what was going on or something like that. Um, definitely not the case in this movie. So kudos to James Mangold, who obviously, um, incredible director, one of my faves. Uh, so I was really glad to see him at the helm for this movie. I know it's a project he was wanting to lead for a long time and I think he nailed it. Well, um, because they did such a good job with that, that was my showstopper. Are you as well. serious? I thought for <laughs> sure. I was like, there's no way, there's no way Kirk's going to have this. This one's like off the wall. Remember when I mentioned that I wasn't a car dude? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's why when I walked out of this movie, I thought, you know, I was never confused. I was never like, wow, I can't believe they did blibbity blabbity blue uh, to the car. Like there was no jargon that I didn't understand that they weren't able to educate me on first. Yeah. Uh, so like, car parts car special car tools um special car speeds or maneuvers on the racing track none of that like if they did mention it i felt completely comfortable listening to it so that's exactly what i wrote that down is wild well. man i'm i'm like blown away by that to yeah be so if you're not like a car person don't be afraid to see this movie because you will you will understand every part of it uh you will be welcomed into the car community i think that that was part of the goal because obviously it was well received by both of us yeah yeah that's that is wild (laughs) like i am speechless i i'm shocked by that but it's hey it means that it was not just something i picked up on which i'm glad for i'm glad that you know that's noticeable um let's go into director shoes i'm worried do we have the same thing here (laughs) i doubt it um my director shoes is you get so you get a piece of ken miles character you get a nugget early on that he's uh a war vet, you know, that he fought uh, presumably in world war two because of the era. And, um, it doesn't really come back. You know, it doesn't, they, it's not a significant piece of this movie. And they even talk about, you know, this man drove a tank across, you know, most of Europe or something like that. He's got all it takes to drive a 24 hour race or whatever. And they go back to France and it's not really like a focal point at all. And I was expecting to see, I don't know, flashbacks or like something about that going on. And they're just, it wasn't really there. And I was, I was surprised because this movie was really, really well pieced together. Um, they did a great job of, of planting seeds for things early on in the movie and then bringing it back, but not doing so in a way that it was ultra predictable. Um, I think the movie is very linear. And so in some ways is predictable for sure, just inherently, but overall I thought it was really well put together. So I was surprised to see them drop this nugget and just kind of let it die. It's very, is an interesting, Mm -hmm. interesting bit. That's a good take. And I feel like a lot of the films that we've seen over the course of this podcast have used a lot of the flashback techniques. So it would have been very easy to insert that into this film um, to, or just add more exposition upon it. Even if it was just Christian Bale talking about it a little bit longer, Yeah, like his personal experience with it. So yeah, excellent excellent choice all right that Your was not mine shoes. that was not my director okay shoes. good <laughs> <laughs> uh there's an a completely um you will not you will not understand the ending of this movie uh, you will not guess it i should say you'll understand it you there's no way that you could predict it unless you 
lived during this time and you were a huge fan of racing yeah. uh, or you're a historical guru. So by the end of this movie, there was something amiss and I can't quite put my finger on it, especially without spoiling it. So I will just say, sum it, sum it up, um, that the catharsis is missing near the end. Yeah. There is a, a lack of just like grabbing you and making you feel what the movie wants you to feel. You get kind of waves of this, of, you know, the direction of, of what the film wants to give you in terms of your emotion and, and your own personal growth when you watch this movie. But I never really fully get this overwhelming feeling that, that I get with some films where I'm like, I get it. You know, you get this like little feeling, this little like tickly feeling all over. Or maybe that's just me where it's like, Oh yeah. Uh, that didn't happen for me in this. Okay. And I was a little, I was a little sad because it's such a, such a, a movie that's so well put together. Uh, like, like every piece of a car was perfectly assembled in this movie and that was just missing from it. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see that take for sure. Um, I definitely feel like I felt the feels, but there is an element of kind of like what we talked about with Joker. There's kind of multiple endings to this movie. Yes. And they unfold one after the other. And so once you've come to terms with the one ending, you're almost not ready for the other ending. And it's kind of like, Oh, that kind of came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel that for sure. But I think, I think um, I did have the emotional reaction to it, but I like that take. It's a good one. Thanks. All right. Let's score this thing. Um, My thoughts on this movie this is a really, really easy movie to watch. If you're looking for something to throw on, this is a perfect Friday night family movie night kind of deal. Um, great one to watch in the theater. This is a pulse pounding racing movie. My, uh, my wife, Jackie, we went and saw it with our friends, Mark and Katie, which was fun. Cause I rarely see the, see these movies with other human beings. So, uh, <laughs> it was nice to have some company. <laughs> we were in a sold out theater, um, on Saturday night and, Jackie's showing me her Apple watch, which is telling her that her heart rates over 120 while she appears to be resting at multiple times throughout this movie. So this movie gets you fired up. Um, it's a racing movie. So stakes are high. You know, people are racing at high speeds. Um, it keeps you, it keeps you guessing, I think for the most part, but it is a nice clean linear movie. If you're somebody who wants to know what, what this movie means at the end, you won't have any problems here. I mean, you'll, you'll be left with a very clean cut, ending nice and clean um yeah so i i really enjoyed it i thought it was really well made like i said james mangled an excellent job on the production of this movie um you could tell it was a passion project through and through for him something that he wanted to pull together for a long time uh can't say enough about the acting performances not just um the four four yeah four actors that we mentioned but also um noah jupe john bernthal um Josh Lucas, um, and, and every other person who was a part of this cast. We really got, uh, Ray McKinnon. That's the other one I wanted to mention. Really, really good cast here. Um, they put together a great show. So with all that in mind, we'll be seeing this movie at the Oscars. I'm giving it a 9.0 out of 10 kernels. Very nice. I, I did enjoy this movie. Um, it's great that you went with, uh, with your wife, Jackie. I went with my wife, Aubrey and she also enjoyed this so again if you're not a car person you'll still like this movie it's uh it's very well-rounded it's got great direction and uh, just a great a great story all that said 
Um, I, th- I gave it an 8.5. Real close. Yeah. Real close to you. Definitely going to be in the Oscars uh, run here for us. Okay, great. If you saw Ford versus Ferrari, it was the winner at the box office this weekend, which was a, a bit of a surprise, I think, in my opinion, because um, Charlie's Angels came out. But if you were one of the people that rushed to the theaters to go see it this weekend, um, let us know how you feel about it. It was, a, I thought, a really good one and one that's definitely fun to talk about um, to anybody who has seen it. And if not, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up. Thanksgiving is a great time to go see movies. Add this one to your list. It's one that we would definitely recommend you checking out. All right. And with that, we are moving into our top five. We're staying on the theme of cars, kind of, yes. in a way, with our <laughs> top five means of transportation. And this is going to be interesting, Kirk. I've got a list of like 16 probably i have 16 as well (laughs) and it's growing um and i don't have any of them seated yet so luckily you get to go first on this one oh good um and i'll try to figure out what my number five is while you talk oh great because i'm actually figuring that out right now while you were talking so how perfect yeah good one i'm gonna go number five legs Mm, i would have said feet but okay go ahead yeah well (laughs) you know they're one in this they're one in the same legs feet uh, they're connected, and we would we couldn't do most of our transportation without these things. So there's a fantastic Tim and Eric song that uh, where they sing about my legs are long. Yes, they're very very long. Uh, so hopefully you're a big Tim and Eric fan. And you can sing that in your car right now, yeah. or wherever you're listening. Legs for the win, number five at least. So you bring up a good point that I perhaps failed to consider whenever I put. I mean, I clearly listed feet somewhere on this list of 16, mm-hmm. but I never considered the fact that you need your feet and legs to drive a car. You need it to paddle a paddle boat or pedal a bike. Mm-hmm. You know, can't, can't undervalue that. So that's a good call. Thank you. Um, my number five, I'm going to go with old reliable, the horse. Ooh. The horse has been around for a long time. Still a means of transportation to this day. Um, led us through some really formative times in at least American civilization as we were doing westward expansion. Um, you know, folks were taking their covered wagons on the Oregon Trail and heading west for more land and more prosperity. Horses had a rough go. They, uh, not easy being a horse, but with, with your horse, you not only get a mode of transportation, but you get the added bonus of camaraderie. It's kind of like having a big giant dog with you. You can make a friend with them. Um, you can You've pet a friend in me. You can pet them. They have horse hair, which is not quite as soft as dogs fur, but you can pet them. They make crazy noises, which is probably entertaining if you're really bored in the <laughs> old West. Um, also they can do tricks. So if you want to ride them around and do jumps and stuff like that, you can do that. Um, what else? <laughs> <laughs> Running out of horse stuff. Uh, you That's could like good. ride them up a mountain. So some, it might be the only way you could get up a mountain. So they're still really reliable sources of transportation. So I want to make sure I call out the horse. Excellent choice. And there's so many Disney horses out there. Yes. So many Disney horses. There are. Uh, I can't think of any other. Oh, I know. My favorite is Philippe. Um, Who is he in? Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. There's also. He's like, you crazy old man. Is Sven a horse in in Frozen? Right? No, he's a a reindeer. Dang it. Yeah. What about uh, Tangled? There's, there's a horse, a horse in, there. in Tangled. That's a really funny one. I can't remember its name. but That's what I'm thinking of. Yep. There's a horse in Tangled. Mulan. Yes. Lots of horses in the Disney verse. Big, big horse. Yeah. 
I'm just buying time to pick my number okay, four. <laughs> number four. What do you got? <laughs> number four. I'm going to go rollerblades. Sure. It has to be on my list. I was a, 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 a skating rink DJ for seven years of my life because I'm almost Woo-hoo-hoo. I'm almost 30. Yes, so. that's right. That's uh, that was a big part of my life. Wouldn't change it for anything. Rollerblades, man. You could as long as it's permitted. You can rollerblade in your neighborhood. You can rollerblade to work. You can rollerblade at the, of course, the skating rink. Um, and I pick rollerblades intentionally because for me, I cannot roller skate on four wheels like out like a car. I can really? only do. I can't do it. You can only do the inlines. I can only do inline skates. Well, I have horrible balance, so both are difficult for me, but I feel like it's pretty much known that the four-wheeled, you know, like two and two skates are easier. They say it is, but I think it depends on the person. Maybe you're like the Michael Phelps of uh, rollerblading. You know what? Let's just just say that I am. You were just born for rollerblading. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to say. I I think that's a a great point. Uh, So rollerblades, they'll get you anywhere you need. Also, rollerblades later turned into um, adding them into like shoes, like Heelys. And you could also technically rollerblade on those. So that was pretty cool. I had a pair of shoes like that. Nice. Did you? Oh, yeah. That, well, I had, before Heelys, I had the ones where you press the button and the skates pop out. That's the ones I had, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, so, where you have two, front and yeah, back. Yeah, front and back. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I was all about those. Which, those shoes were extremely heavy. They weighed like 12 oh, pounds. Oh, and you sounded like a horse walking around. It was like clippity-cloppity. Yes. It was so impractical, but I definitely had them. I'm so glad you did. Much to my PE teacher chagrin. <laughs> she was like, seriously, bro? Had to get a different pair of t- tennis shoes for PE. Oh, yeah. Though, there was one time where we played this game where you had to... You were just sitting like crisscross applesauce on both baselines, and you had to run to the center and get a beanbag and PE. Mm-hmm. And I thought I'd be a smart aleck and skate skate out there. <laughs> you know, just kind of like pull a fast one on the old uh, Mrs. Romine. Um, it was a crowd pleaser for sure. Mrs. Romine, not happy. <laughs> but it, it paid off in the long run. I think it was a good good play for me. Shout so. out, Mrs. Romine. Hope you're uh, yeah. listening to this. Sorry about that. Angry. I was still still feel a little bit bad for it. But you have to understand, it was, it was my formative years. It was an easy win. I just went for it. <laughs> Love it. Okay, my number four. I'm going with the jetpack. Wow. <laughs> the only reason it's so low on the list, because clearly if you're stacking it up on style points, um, it's a tough one to beat because it's a jetpack. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty, it's like known as being one of the coolest things ever, um, but they're hard to procure Kirk and there aren't too many functioning jetpacks that you could actually get. But I do think that if you were to find one, be a really efficient way to fly around. You know, you could get from place to place. Um, I don't want to think about the logistics of like if you hit a bird or like bugs or anything like that. Like I don't want to talk about that. A plane, you know. But I mean, just imagine, you know, like book bag, book bag jetpacks, like kind of like the Jetsons. You could just zip out of there. Um, feel a little bit like Iron Man. Jetpack's pretty cool, and and they are they are real ish, like. There, there aren't many of them that you could just like, you can't buy it at the Piggly Wiggly, but no, there are jetpacks out there. I would love to test drive a jetpack. Wouldn't it be fun? And you'd probably die, <laughs> but what a way to go it would be. So, I want yeah. that on my tombstone if that is how I go. Like, <laughs> Died in a fiery jetpack explosion <laughs> trying to jetpack over the Grand Canyon. And then people would think it was a joke, but it should be like fact. No, this is true. <laughs> yeah, this is real. Look it up. Or a link. That's what that's what tombstones are going to be like. A link to the video of yeah of how so you can like QR code that and like yeah watch. it's real. It really happened. Um, so that's my number four jetpack. My number three. 
the Star Trek transporter. Ooh. Beam me up, Scotty. Beam me up. Yeah, it's a good one. I think often how fantastic it would be if I could just go places with uh, with a beam of a transporter. Yeah. Um, skip th- now the car. Now let's say car rides. Car rides are fun. They are definitely needed and necessary bonding time and exciting times. However, there are times where it becomes too much, and you wish that at any moment you could just transport yourself, or you don't want to f- go on a fifteen hour flight to to Europe. Boom. Beam me up, Scotty. Let's go. And you're there. All your luggage. It just puts you right in the hotel room. Yeah. Or, or your new house or your timeshare if you're fancy and, and have lots of money. Uh, that's what that's what I'd like to do, just to transport any, anywhere at any time. Or really just up the street to Chick-fil-A a few times a week. Mm. Um, mm. Or into Popeye's because I still haven't gotten to eat that chicken sandwich yet. Yeah. I mean, the, op- the op- options are endless. And as soon as they figured out how to get you on a moving vehicle with the beam and that's game changer that's what i want yeah i like it it's a good one it's fictional for sure but good no fictional less. for now for now i mean it'll it'll probably happen yeah like within the next fight elon musk will pull that thing together he's already got it in yeah, his own personal he probably home. does it all the time he's just not releasing it to the just public like yet. boom san francisco to ottawa just done um okay what are we on number three mm-hmm. okay my number three i'm gonna go with the airplane um because right now airplane is really a great way to travel i think the only real downside well there's a couple one you're in a close quarters you know most planes if you're flying commercial if you're flying southwest airlines you know something cheap like that uh you're in close quarters also the lingering fear of certain death should something go wrong because if you fall out of the sky from however thirty thousand feet or whatever like you're toast Listen, there is a movie based on a real story, and I have been dying to figure this out, what movie it is and what event it was, where the roof of the plane ripped off. Yep, nope. And (laughs) these people, real people, flew on this plane for several miles uh, after it. Like Like, they had their oxygen masks Obviously, they weren't in the roof because they the roof. I was going to say, where'd they get off. them from? They had taken them down, so they were just breathing into these bags somehow. And there's like men, women, and children, and it's it's insane. I just need to find this movie. I know my parents have seen it because I've talked about it to them. So hopefully they'll they'll listen to the podcast and tell me what it is. But I just want to f- freak out about planes just for that moment right there to tell you. Yeah, it's it's always in the back of your head. And yes. You're like, man, I have way less chance dying on this than I do in like a car ride, but like what a death it would be yes horrifying just bad so but um i know i'm not making a great case for airplanes right now (laughs) but really quick way to get places you can throw on a movie and you're there you know if you're going if you're traveling regionally um i mean that's pretty much it it's it's the best modern way to travel Nice nice and quick nice and pretty much painless Obviously, if you have like claustrophobia and things like that, just choose your planes wisely. Choose your seats wisely. Mm-hmm. Um, the plane, flying by plane is getting more affordable, and it's just really practical. So, plane. Great airplane. choice. Number two. Yes. St- stay with me on this one. Okay, I'm worried. I'm going to get real philosophical. Cameron, I'm going with our minds. Oh, boo. <laughs> what a lame. Go ahead. <laughs> just whatever. Just do it. Listen. Our minds can take us anywhere, Cameron. Oh, this is so cheesy. <laughs> they can, they can. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, you can't even, you can't even sell it, Kirk. Save it. <laughs> no, but 
you know, we're, we're just these little kids. We're these babies born into this world and we discover things and we learn things and we create things uh-huh. and we destroy things and we build things back up and we innovate things and our minds can take us wherever we want to go. Wow. Number two. So are you one of these people who's like, what if you're not even real? What if I'm just strapped into a chair in a mental facility somewhere? Or what if none of this mm-hmm. is real? Like, what if this is all just a figment of my imagination and I'm just some floating being in the cosmos? I wouldn't say that by any means. I would say that I am the skeptic that thinks that I am Truman in the Truman Show. That yeah. everyone around me is part of Ed Harris's master plan and I am in a dome of cameras. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a possibility. I Ed- believe my fears have been fabricated for the storyline that I'm on. Yeah, I'm, I'm on. What's <laughs> going a little bit there? Rot row. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, the other things. I know you're real. I don't believe that you're fake unless you're an. You don't actor. believe that I'm an actor who was cast by Ed Harris to ruin your life? Yes, it's possible. Not necessarily ruin my life, but to control my life. Yeah, that's certainly possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm just maybe, smarter. Uh, maybe you're onto it. They shouldn't have made that movie. It was uh, it no. It really plays into the narcissism of our generation that we believe that we are interesting enough to be the focal point <laughs> of a movie at all times exactly. or a TV show. Just kidding. I actually love that movie. It is good. But not kidding. I do believe I am Truman in the Truman Show. Yeah, and I do believe that Ed Harris does have some sort of master plan that he's probably carrying out as we speak. One hundred percent. I don't know what it is, but I know that it's out there. We're watching you, Ed Harris. <laughs> okay. Number two, man, after that trip, uh, mine are going to sound really insignificant. <laughs> this is this is the meat tenderizer all over, over again, Kurt. Um, okay. Um, number two, snowmobile. <laughs> Hear me out. Hear me out, Kirk. Hear me out. The snowmobile. Now, the snowmobile, you may say, have you ever driven a snowmobile? No, of course not. I have not. I have absolutely not. I live in a place with a pretty, you know, boring environment. Snowmobile is a very impractical purchasing decision for me. That said, snowmobiles are really freaking cool. They are cool, man. Yes. You drive them around. You can only drive them on the snow, but they look awesome. They're basically like wave runners that you drive on the snow. They pop up in James Bond movies because they're just awesome. They pop up in Mission Impossible because, again, they're awesome. Die Hard 2. Yeah, Fast and the Furious. There's, I mean, they're just sick. They're like these sleds that have like the little like tank. What do they call those things? No clue. No. You know, <laughs> like the little roller guy on the back. Um, I think that's it, the little roller yeah. guy. Yeah. You can drive it up and down a mountain. They're just sick. And I would love to drive a snowmobile around. I think it would be a blast. What if they made a snow a snowmobile for the grass? As I'm saying, a I'm grass just mobile. Yes. Isn't that just a car or something? <laughs> or a four wheeler? Yeah, I was like, doesn't that exist? Yes. Yeah, Kirk, that'd be sick. That would be awesome if they made that, the if moment, they made that thing that already exists. The moment I said it, I regretted it. <laughs> good oh, one, snowmobile. So you went with the brain. I went with snowmobile. Good, good picks. Oh, the antithesis there is just wonderful. Yeah, it's a good one. All right, number one. Yes. Nowhere near as philosophical, but kind of as as our minds that I had as number two. But I'm going to go with the airport people conveyor belts. Okay, explain. You know those uh, those little conveyor belts on the ground that are moving at like... Yeah, the moving sidewalks. 0.5 miles per hour. I think they're fantastic. I think they're an excellent mode of transportation. I used to dog on them so hard. Yeah um aubrey aubrey loves them she's like well yeah time spent on here is time spent not walking and we get to the same place well no but you have to walk 
Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. Well, you could stand or you could walk. But if you are walking, then you it takes some of the pressure, a little bit of the pressure off of like you striking the ground because you're moving. It's like walking on air. Well, yeah, and you're moving way faster. Yeah. Well, because sometimes, depending. No, your foot would be moving faster because your plant foot is moving while you're stepping. But I'm a pretty fast walker. There's but no, I'm not as fast on the airport conveyor belt. What? That doesn't I, make any sense. <laughs> I feel like it's a nice, relaxing luxury. So you slow down is what you're saying. I, I slow down, Oh, yes. my gosh. You are not using those things right. <laughs> I slow down, and the rest of the world continues on its busy life, and I just take a moment to breathe. See, I put on the gas when I'm on the <laughs> conveyor belt. Yep. I'm going for it. Because you turn into the $6 million man and you're just like moving at hyperspeed. Ooh, okay. It's like you're running and you're not, you know, you're just flying. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to have a chat with my sister. If she's really just parking <laughs> it on those things, that's not cool. Sometimes we park it. Sometimes we walk gently. Well, hopefully you scroll. guys are to the right. Oh, yeah. Because I'm flying past you on the left-hand side with smoke behind me. You can't even... When we all go on vacation next year, we're getting on that and I'm blocking you. I'll make you stand no, still. No, I'll be long gone. <laughs> I'll truck you out of the way. Um, okay, good pick. Moving sidewalk. Didn't expect that to be number one, but hey, no judgment. Um, my number one pick is the cruise ship, the cruise liner. Dude, such a good choice. Very slow mode of transportation, but boy, is it swagadelic just total life of luxury 24 hour pizza bar you got a water slide if you got yourself the little drink pass you have all you can drink mojitos you're just killing it you Mm -hmm. know and you're when you're sleeping you're still moving along and you don't have to do a thing you can watch a stupid show with some like a theater show dress all up go to the captain's cocktail hour sing karaoke all the while you're just humming along the open seas I can't think of anything better than, than that. I've only been on a cruise ship once, and all of those things were, were happening when I was there. And then there's the pool. The right. Yeah. I um, mean, the only risk is you could, if there's some sort of virus going around, you could all get the stomach flu, and they have to. That happened recently where, like, everybody got the stomach flu on a ship. I can't even imagine. It I would be chaos. so mad. They should make a movie out of that. They should. It'd Just be, people vomiting in hallway trash cans everywhere. It's too real. No one, no one would go to They'd see that like, movie. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what's terrible? If you go on a cruise and you like get off on the the what do they call them? The excursions. Yeah. To the different cities and islands and whatnot as you travel um, is when you get sunburnt on your cruise. Yep. And uh, I did that because I'm so pasty white. Yep. Can't do that. But everything else was so great. There was a dueling piano um, kind of bar there. And oh, that's, I'm, that's a good pick. That's a yeah, great pick. It's a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so that's our top five means of transportation. There are so many we didn't mention. First of all, did either of us mention the car? <laughs> no. <laughs> because the car sucks, okay? First of all, people crash into you all the time. It's like a known thing. People crash cars all the time. They're dangerous. You have to like, man, once you have a kid, you really hate the car because the car seat mania begins and that just sucks. Um, Yeah, don't like the car. Don't like the car at all. I mean, I use it every day, but I don't like it. I'm about to use it right now whenever I leave this recording, but I don't like it. Um, What else? I had Outrigger Canoe was on my honorable mentions. Very nice. Got to paddle one of those guys in Hawaii. Good time. 10 out of 10. Highly recommend. Excellent. What else? 
Uh, I got skateboards. Skateboards are making a comeback. They're in like every. Maybe it's a Gen Z. Thing. Gen Z, yeah, they're like, bringing it back. I keep seeing it everywhere in these in these uh, these little kid shows I watch because I'm once again almost thirty. Yep. Uh, skateboards, uh, hoverboards, like Back to the Future hoverboard, not like the ones we have that are in real life now, but like actually off yeah, the ground. Yeah, why do they even call those hoverboards? They're not. They're not. They have wheels that touch the ground. You're not hovering. They need a different name because yeah. that is not my Marty McFly hoverboard. I've got train. I've yeah. said plane. Unicycle. <laughs> because that's just cool. If you can ride one of those things. Um, wave runner. I love driving wave runners. Yes. Those, are, those things are a blast. Skis slash snowboards. Again, anything you do in the snow is extra cool points. Um, you know what? I'm taking helicopter off because that just feels like a screaming metal death trap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you're almost guaranteed to have something go wrong. It's like helicopters and well, seaplanes. It's bad news. We all know what happened to Dr. Romano in ER. Yeah. His arm chopped off and then it crashed right. on him in another couple years later. Yeah. And that's not uncommon. I mean, that that's that happens. Every single yeah. day. Every 15 minutes, somebody has their arm chopped off by a helicopter, Kirk. And then 15 minutes later, another person gets... <laughs> Killed by the same helicopter. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, I got elevators. I've got escalators. I've got donkey. I've got skiing. I've got bus. And I've got Star Wars creatures. So you chose... Oh, like the Tauntauns? Yes. Or Banthas. Which ones do you like more? Well, I really like those things, and I forget their name already, that's in the Mandalorian that kind of act as... Uh, uh, oh the uh blurgs blurgs yeah, yeah. i think those things are super i kind of cool. hate those things because do? they don't have arms <laughs> well you know they just have two legs and that's kind of weird to you, me. you know i thought that was pretty creative <laughs> it, i mean it's something <laughs> um i'm partial to the tauntauns because if it gets cold you can slice it right down the middle and lay hide inside, inside of it, it for warmth it's mm. a good one um so you had donkey and not horse i did have donkey and not horse interesting <laughs> interesting uh other one i had zipline excellent you <laughs> so, get somewhere so fast with a zip line and you're gonna have a great great view good scenic view it's gonna be good fun um okay that was an interesting top five if you have any means of transportation that we omitted from our list please let us know we want to hear your top five means of transportation all right big news kirk big big news to wrap up the show our star wars premiere is sold out yes we are sold out thank you to everyone who bought tickets thank you we are gonna have an absolute blast on december 19th if you have any questions about the the event please feel free to reach out to us on social or email us um it's gonna be an absolute blast we can't wait to see you guys there other than that that is a wrap on this episode i want to give a special thanks to Ryan, who helps us produce this podcast. We got a new microphone this week. He helped us get that all leveled out. Sounding extra nice. And a special thanks to Ryan Spriggs and Brandon Aristed for our awesome theme music. We will see you all next week. Talk to you then.
how do we want to kick this off? Happy one happy one week anniversary <laughs> of Disney Plus. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. That's cars passing by at early fast. Oh, gotcha. Right? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So probably shouldn't do that because I had to explain <laughs> it. <laughs> Stupid.